Hello and welcome to the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. This week we are talking about non-toxic yoga practice. So how can we practice yoga and how can we live our lives and how can we do our beauty and wellness routines in a less toxic way that's going to be less harmful for ourselves and for our health and less harmful for the environment. And I am talking to an expert on this. She is the founder of the company Mache and her name is Brianne de Rosier, and she's incredibly knowledgeable, very, very grounded in the way that she explains everything and gives some really helpful tips. So let's get straight in to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Brianne, a very warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you today? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. It's an absolute honor to have you as well. And I've been delving into everything that you do over the past couple of weeks. And I'm really excited to share this with our listeners. And I know something which my listeners and my viewers, for those that are watching on YouTube, really love to hear about is origin stories. And I know actually your journey to your company, Mache, was actually very much rooted in your own personal health struggles. Maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, It actually started prior to that, uh, my um, introduction to wellness, as it were, long before anyone called it wellness. When I was uh, 14, my dad was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was a really aggressively growing, fast growing uh, brain tumor, and he was only 50. Wow. So it was extremely young, um, especially at that time. They hadn't seen that type of cancer affect people under 80. So it was really unusual that he would have this. He did work for a major technology company that debuted some of the very earliest cell phones, you know, the big ones with the big yes. thing you pull up. <laughs> the 1980s ones. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Two hands to hold it up to your yes. face. And it turns out in the end that uh, radiation was a huge part of uh, what happened to him and what eventually killed him. So during that um, time, it was extremely stressful. You know, I'm in high school, very young, and lots to deal with in that age as it is. But it did, uh, the silver lining of it all was once he passed, I really started to evaluate what is in my surroundings and what could be, you know, affecting our health that isn't addressed openly in media or, you know, encouraged through uh, friends and family, just sort of, you know, undiscovered. So that sparked the interest. And at the same time, I found yoga. You know, I was dealing with a lot of depression after he passed and actually uh, developed an eating disorder that I struggled with for several years. So that was my first battle with my own personal health and wellness. And that uh, yoga was truly what saved me. I, I got into the practice with this mindset of working out. You know, I actually started at 24-hour fitness. It was very gym mindset. And then um, slowly but surely, yoga started to do the good work on me and unravel much more than tension in my muscles. And I've been hooked ever since. So that journey has been several decades long now. And at the same time that I found yoga, I also found design. Mm -hmm. 
and fell in love head over heels for both practices. And I have been um, just steeped in both ever since. I feel like that is my yin and my yang, my design side and my health and wellness yoga meditation side. Um, and I uh, feed and nurture both of those sides. If I don't feed one or nurture one, the other one immediately goes out of balance. So I've been able to track that over, you know, the last couple of decades as well. But it really was when I was just about to turn 30. So about 10 years ago, I had a total physical breakdown. I had a uh, thyroid issue that came out of nowhere, turned into what they call a goiter. Uh, for those of you who don't know where your thyroid is, it's in the base of your throat. I did not know where my thyroid was when this happened. And it is a huge uh, gland, um, hormone producing gland. So it's very important for the overall balance of our health. And mine was completely out of whack, such that I had a hundred and you know, 3.2 degree temperature every night for about a week. And I was doing all the wrong things with an allopathic doctor um, to address the issue. Ultimately, they were trying to, uh, you know, blow up my thyroid so that I could be put on a thyroid hormone for the rest of my life. And that was their uh, cure to the situation. Luckily, I found a naturopathic doctor that had a completely different viewpoint and diagnosed me with a an autoimmune disease that's related to B12. Immediately got me off the prescriptions they had put me on and, you know, really evaluated my diet. So, you know, I have always known that in my own personal journey, wellness and, you know, towards wellness and optimal health, it has started with diet and this internal place. But I do suspect that most people, it starts in that same place. And since then, I have been able to take that knowledge of internal wellness and realize that we're not only what we're what we eat but we are what we absorb so the radiation in the case of my you know my dad with the cell phone current day i uh have built an interior design business completely around uh, unifying the practice of health and wellness within the built environment, um, our homes, our workplaces. Right now, there's a huge disconnect. And unfortunately, there is a huge interior pollution problem going on. I learned this in my early studies as a designer and then have continued to self-educate on this largely uh, large secret a uh, silent, deadly secret that um, our interior spaces are usually two to five times more toxic in terms of the air quality than our exterior spaces. This is exacerbated in big cities where you don't have as much cross breeze, you know, ventilation through homes and businesses. It's also exacerbated in times of pandemic and fire, natural disaster. We're forced inside for more than our usual 90% of the time. We're forced inside 100% of the time. And we are um, absorbing 
a lot of toxins that can have effect on our health and wellness. Autoimmune disorders in my case, um, there's, you know, which is a hormone disruption issue, endocrine disruption. It can lead to cancer. It's been linked to autism. And really it all comes down to plastic. We have a plastic problem on our interiors. And often it doesn't look like plastic. Sometimes it can look like wood. Sometimes it can look like fabric. Sometimes it can look like ceramic. We, it is my personal mission as a wellness designer to bring awareness to, you know, this unfortunate and harmful situation. But then also with my new company, Mache, provide options in the marketplace that will not pollute your interiors that are made from, you know, recycled, responsible materials, biodegradable materials. And it is my personal dream that we have more and more companies doing the same and that we can phase out our addiction to petrochemical products, specifically on the interiors where they are causing harm to our physical well-being. Absolutely. All of that is so intriguing and and so interesting, but also so worrying in many ways as well. Um, And I'd love to sort of bring together everything you've talked about, actually, and talk a little bit about yoga practice, because I know many of my listeners and viewers really enjoy yoga practice and yoga is part of their life. How can we make our yoga practice less toxic? Than it currently is. Oh. So if you were to give like three main ways that we could quickly make a, an easy, um, very simple change to our yoga practice, whether it be at home or in a yoga studio, what, what would you suggest? I love this question. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, I have some excellent recommendations in this regard. So I often say that yoga has a particular plastic problem. Specifically, modern yoga has been practiced on um, the most popular yoga mat materials, PVC. This is polyvinyl chloride. It is also nicknamed the poison plastic. Isn't that cute? And we are sweating on these things. We're smashing our faces on them. We're breathing in these fumes as we're practicing. This is the cheapest mat on the market, and this is generally where everyone starts when they begin their yoga practice, me included. It is that $20 yoga mat on the shelf. Once you have purchased this toxic thing and you realize that you want to phase it out of your life for something better, you can look towards natural materials like cork yoga mats. There are the most beautiful Ayurvedically dyed cotton and hemp yoga mats now. And there are also um, natural rubber yoga mats, which do have a smell. Some people have a um, reaction to a natural rubber as well. You know, they can be allergic to latex. And that is uh, where you want to veer towards the other options that I provided. Um, so the yoga mat's the first step. Most people have the yoga mat. That's where they start when in terms of collecting uh, yoga props. So then the question becomes, what do you do with that toxic $20 mat you still have? And that's where we provided a really helpful um 
options, I believe even over 10 options in an article on the Mache website that lists creative ways you can reuse that old mat. So you don't have to get it out of your life, but you definitely want to probably get it away from your skin and um, be able to use it as long as humanly possible, because that thing is not going to be biodegrading in the landfill if you just throw it out. So that's Step number one. Step number two would be these cheapy foam blocks that everyone has. So this is the next prop that most people get. It's one of my absolute favorite yoga props of all time. It can be very supportive and help access different parts of the body. However, EVA foam has been banned in uh, multiple European countries for carcinogenic properties and linkages to um, developmental defects in pregnant women and small children. So that is nothing that I want to have near me during my uh, wellness practice. And luckily, there are some beautiful alternatives on the market. At Mache, we do sell um, balsa wood yoga blocks and cork alternatives. Not only are what I call the material feel, the material feel is so much more luxurious and comforting than plastic foam could ever be. But also you can feel great about using them. You don't have to worry about health uh, repercussions. And they hold up just as well as the plastic ones, yet they will biodegrade at the end of their life cycle. That's amazing. And the third thing would be, I, I have to bring it back to apparel. There is so much plastic in apparel, specifically in yoga and fitness, so much plastic. It's nearly uh, impossible to avoid if you're looking for a tight-fitting article of clothing or an elastic band at the top or bra area of a, a workout top. But there's ways that we can minimize, minimize, minimize as much as possible and really lean into beautiful natural fabrics. Again, hemp, Bamboo is huge. We want to make sure that that's, of course, harvested sustainably. And um, cotton, cotton can be difficult when you're working out. You know, it breathes, which is fantastic, but it also grows <laughs> with sweat. It can kind of stretch out. So I, I suggest a really lightweight cotton so it won't be so heavy if you're if you're sweating in it. And then, um, you know, just stay on the lookout for really innovative new materials. There's new um, fibers being made from algae and mycelium, in addition to the bamboo that I mentioned earlier. So it's up to us to really start to support these companies that are leading the change. They're often the small you know, very passionate companies that are up against the big dogs that have been polluting our interiors for decades now. Yeah, absolutely. And as you're saying all that, my mind's ticking over thinking, okay, so I need to swap that for that. And actually it's quite small changes, but you realise how significant they are for your own health, but also for the environment as well. And I know you said on your website, there's lots of ways that we can look at either reusing or recycling our old yoga mats, yoga blocks, any clothing that isn't right for us now. Can you just give us a very few, just maybe a couple of little tips of what we can do? Because I know that my listeners and viewers will be thinking, okay, so 
I might make the swap for my yoga mat, maybe get a cork one. I might try and have some more breathable bamboo or cotton clothing. And I might even switch out my yoga block as well. But can you just maybe briefly tell us what we can do with those other things? Because of course, we don't want to put them in landfill, like you said. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been thinking a lot about that. And um, with the yoga mat, there's really a plethora of things you can do. If you're a big camper, a lot of people need the mat underneath the sleeping bag just to make the, you know, bumpy, rocky floor a little bit more comfortable. That's a good one. If you're a gardener, you can fold it up and glue it together to become a knee pad so you can be in the garden. I like that option because you're not leaving it in the garden. It's not part of a landscape feature. We don't want those plastics to be leaching into the earth and the waterways, but you can definitely use it as knee padding. Some folks cut them up and use them as entry mats, walk-off mats for in and out of, you know, muddy areas and also for dog paws. Mm -hmm. It can also be under dog or cat bowls where they're eating. That's a little bit closer to faces. And I try to keep, you know, the, the vinyl as far away from any living beings, (laughs) truly. Uh, But the yoga blocks, this one's super fun. So yoga blocks are my number one way of elevating my devices. (laughs) Great idea. Yes. Oh, it's fantastic. You can lift them up just like a Stonehenge blocks and place your, you know, computer at different heights. There's three different heights available with those blocks. I've been doing that for years and they're my favorite. And then, you know, with clothing, I just have to say, um, donations, always a great way to go. It's challenging for most to think about revamping their entire wardrobe overnight. It's not only overwhelming time commitment to replace items, but the financial commitment is not available to some. So, you know, we're going to be cleaning our lives up bit by bit. And we often talk about this whole process as a layered process like an onion. Mm -hmm. So much like I mentioned before, in my case, that uh, awakening to health and wellness and a conscious way of living started with my body going awry and me becoming more honestly forced to look at what I was fueling my body with. The food ingredient labels became extremely important to me. Then eventually I realized, oh shoot, what's in this makeup? And as women, you know, we're putting on the sunscreen, we're putting on the lotion. There's often loads of chemicals involved with hair and nails and body treatments. These are all absorbing through the skin. And that's that's that second layer where people start to examine um, what's in the shampoo, what's in the conditioner, what are in the sheets that I'm sweating in eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. And then that next layer is, is really where we're at with the yoga conversation. It's the furnishings, it's the soft goods, it's the pillows. What's in those pillows on your sofa? Mm-hmm. What's in the sofa? What's in the dining table? You know, all of these things, even if it looks like wood, it could be impregnated with resin. It could be impregnated with glues, adhesives that contain really toxic chemicals. And those are off-gassing into your home completely unknowingly. So that 
layer of the onion is interior design. And that is where we need a big shift in the industry. That's really interesting. And I don't know about you, and I'm sure that you've heard this from many people before, but it all feels rather overwhelming. And I know that the more I learn and the more I educate myself about many of the things that you've talked about, I find so many emotions that actually come up, you know, first of all, it feels overwhelmed and it feels like almost a lot of stress around making those switch and making those changes. Then perhaps there's a lot of fear as well about what we are and have been doing to our bodies and to our families' bodies. And then there's that resistance about how much time is this going to take me? How much money is this going to take me? How much effort is this going to be? And all of this can feel a lot. And I really like how you talked about the layers of the onion, because I know what I've done before is, and and what I'm going to continue to do, particularly after having this conversation with you, because it's reawakening a lot of those things, actually, which is, which is wonderful, is actually take it step by step. Because what I've reminded myself before is actually by becoming too fearful about certain things within our environment or on our skin or going into our bodies can actually cause more harm because of the stress that's actually going in our body that actually wearing for example a fabric which has some harmful ingredients in but on the flip side of that you've actually still got to have that awareness and just be awakened to actually what is happening um within the world within industries within companies within our home within our environment so I guess that that's how I'm feeling I'm just sharing that really because I know that it will I'm sure it will resonate with with a lot of my listeners and viewers and I'm sure this is what you felt at times before as well I still do. In fact, it is very overwhelming. It's shocking to believe that we have let it get this far out of control. Yes. That we have every aspect of our lives to reevaluate. That is where the onion comes in. And I really focus on the layer that I'm on. And often I'm on more than one layer, you know, a little bit of this layer, a little bit of that layer. But um, where I've come to find a little bit of solace, because I know that we're not all going to be plastic free tomorrow. We're all complicit and involved in this huge plastic problem. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that, you know, each day you have an opportunity to look at what you're doing. And I uh, push people or encourage people to look at the parts of your day where you're most absorbent. So this would be the bedroom. When we're sleeping, we're extremely vulnerable. Uh, We're doing repair and restore in the brain. And we are very absorbent as a result. We're absorbing in um, not only, you know, the chemicals, if there are chemicals in the sheets, but also the air in the room, anything that would be off-gassing in the room. We're also absorbing radiation, electromagnetic waves, All of this ideally would be where I would start is we need to get the best sleep we can get for so many reasons in health and wellness. It's just exponentially better if you do. So cleaning out that room would be my step number one. Probably tied with that would be wherever you work out or breathe deeply. If you have a meditation, a pranayama or a yoga practice, of course, we're extremely vulnerable vulnerable in those states as well. Not only are we 
encouraged to breathe probably the deepest breaths we breathe that whole day. But also, in many cases, we are also sweating. So those clothes are, uh, you know, right up against the skin and and seeping right into the bloodstream through sweat. And those props are same same situation, right up against the skin. So I would start in those two spaces. And then the rest of it, just take it day by day. And once those two spaces feel clean and life-affirming and aligned with your health and wellness goals, it'll feel less overwhelming to then tackle the other aspects of your life. That's really great advice. And I know you've talked about your own yoga practice. Are there any other daily rituals or wellness practices that you have? Yes, absolutely. I It took me a while to build a meditation practice. And when I say a while, I want to say about 15 years of yoga before I was able to truly commit to a self-home meditation practice, which is ultimately and originally the intention of yoga is to get to the meditation. So I feel like it, it was a journey of the same spirit of the onion, where it just unraveling the layers of yoga. Now I need it. Now it's that part where, oh, if I don't get even 10 minutes will do. If I don't get those 10 minutes, I feel like a different person. So at one point in time, that was extremely overwhelming. The idea of sitting quietly with my mind for 10 minutes. (laughs) I tried for so many years to enjoy that. And it was just time with time and practice and shifting and growing and evolving. Um, now I need it. And that has been a huge uh, shift in my health and wellness. The other one would be pranayama or breathing practices. I'm a huge proponent of holotropic breath work, which works to release trauma through just deep breathing. It's very simple but they link it with music and it becomes uh, an incredibly powerful and 100% natural practice. Yeah, I love that. And I know you enjoy face yoga as well. When do you do your face yoga in the day? (laughs) Oh, first thing. I love face yoga so much. I'm new to it this year, but um, I wish I had found it 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So many people say that, but it's never too late. (laughs) I bet. And finally, I'd love to ask you, if you were to share with everyone your one top tip for inner peace, what would that be? Mm, One top tip for inner peace. Mm, That's a tough one. I would say, I think if I had to choose, meditation is probably the most common answer. That is where um, I hear a lot of people find their peace. And I I guess I'd have to agree. It is the place where I find myself most authentically with all of the cultural conditioning stripped away. I can remember my root, my core, and my origin there. And that is where I remember peace, I guess. Thank you for that question. That was beautiful. Thank you for answering it so beautifully. And thank you for everything you shared today. And if people would like to learn more about what you do, how can they find out about it? Absolutely. Yes. Please uh, visit heymache.com to find sustainable yoga storage and props. 
free of plastic toxic chemicals. And that would be H-E-Y-M-A-C-H-E.com. And then you can also find me at Two Yoke Design, which is my sustainable interior design firm, where we specialize in non-toxic materials, locally sourced, recycled, biodegradable, and sustainably harvested. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Thank you so much. I had an amazing time. I'd love to do it again sometime. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review it. Let me know when you listen to episodes, tag me in on Instagram at Face Yoga Expert. And don't forget to check out my website, faceyogaexpert.com, which has all the information about my teacher training, my two books, Danielle Collins Face Yoga and the Face Yoga Journal, my skincare range, Fusion by Danielle. Collins and all the other courses and offerings that I have. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.